Up next, voices matter. In a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard. Welcome on today's episode of Voices Matter. Today we are with Alex Russell, who will tell us a little bit about her journey out of alcohol dependence and how yoga was key to her success. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm very good, thanks. To start off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So you're not originally from Luxembourg, are you? Is anyone? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm not originally from Luxembourg. I was born in Scotland um, and I traveled uh, to different places. I went to the US to study and then I spent some time in um, the Netherlands and then I ended up here because of a man, um, not the man I married, but because of a man. And um, yeah, I kind of thought I'd be here for a couple of years and then I'm here still 21 years later. So um, yeah. Yeah, that's a Luxembourg story, isn't it? It's a kind of a Luxembourg <laughs> story, yeah. You think you'll just be here for a few years and then suddenly you'll um, find that you've been here for a decade or so, yeah. Mm, yes, that sounds familiar. So you've had quite an interesting switch of careers. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. I had... A huge switch of careers. I was in the corporate world for a long time and um, I was um, working in, I would say, in the recruitment space, in the recruitment industry, and um, which was very hard work, very tight deadlines, um, always about making lots of money very quickly. And I had found that during that time, I had become quite dependent on alcohol. I was what you would call a very high functioning alcoholic. So people wouldn't know necessarily that I was drinking a lot, but I was a very high-functioning alcoholic. To my own detriment, it caused me to end up in hospital, and I had to seriously rethink about my life, about what I wanted to do. I had um, severe pancreatitis, severe liver damage, and the doctor basically said to me, okay, this is it, you can either carry on drinking and that's going to be the end of your life. And it, I was only 37 at the time. Or you can really think about what you want to do with your life, where you want to go and what makes you stressed and what makes you not stressed and then think about it that way. So it was a kind of a bit of a huge ultimatum, which I was kind of glad for actually in a way because some people don't get that. They just have to kind of decide to quit on their own. But when you get the kind of life and death situation discussion, then you really don't have any choice. Did you at any point feel, before you had these big health issues, did you at any point feel, hmm, maybe I'm taking this a bit too far? Yeah, I did, actually. Out of the mouths of babes, as they say, which is one of the things that happened, which is my niece, um, who's now in her 20s, but at the time she was quite young, And I remember her saying to me um, once when I was in Scotland, Auntie Alex, you always have to have a glass of wine with your meal. And I remember that really kind of like sinking in. And I, I was like answering the question myself. And I was thinking, gosh, this, my niece is right. Why, why do I need to do this? But you get caught in a circle, I think, especially in Luxembourg, when you are uh, in business here and people go out a lot. I mean, there is a lot of going out for drinks in Luxembourg and it can get to a stage where if you don't know where to draw the line, you can go a little bit over it. 
And I think there are a lot of people that maybe have that problem or maybe have thought to themselves, am I drinking too much? Is this good for my health in the long run? And I think anyone who's thinking that should maybe question it a little bit more, maybe explain it or explore it with friends and um, relatives as well. And that way you get a clear answer and people will say to you, you know, yes, I do think it's gone a bit too far or you've got to the stage where you need to do something about it. I was fortunate enough that I ended up in hospital and I was given the choice about seeing a psychiatrist, which I did, and then um, I was offered the opportunity to go to AA, so Alcoholics Anonymous, who have um, meetings here in Luxembourg in multiple languages, but also in English. And that was really, really helpful for me. Even if a doctor tells you mm -hmm. this needs to stop, It can be really hard for people. I mean, I'm not talking just about alcohol. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the cigarette, for instance, mm -hmm. as well. What motivated you to stop and what helped you manage your this urge, maybe this need? Yeah, that I think the main thing was that I didn't... I, you've got to really want to live. And I didn't really want to die. I didn't want to die at this stage of my life. And I was like, had a lot to live for. And I thought to myself, okay, how am I going to do this? I can either go away to rehab and come back, but then I'm coming back to a world that I don't know how to act in because I've been out of it for a while. So I decided to do it myself with the support of people like Alcoholics Anonymous. And then I found yoga as well, which was an absolute key for me. I'd already been practicing on my own for a long time, and then I got more involved in taking classes. Mm -hmm. And I found that the whole breath of the pranayama in yoga, which is the breathing exercises, really calmed me down. And the movement of breath and body was one that, um, it was kind of in unity, so it made me feel a lot more calmer, a lot more in touch with my body, a lot more in touch with my mental state as well. And it was kind of like therapy to me after I'd done a yoga class. I felt kind of infused with energy, a lot better, um, a lot less thinking about other things. So it kept me busy and it kept my mind away from thinking about other thoughts like, should I be drinking or whatever, what should I be drinking? It just changed my mind completely. You said you had been practicing yoga before then. What changed? Why, why was it that in that moment yoga took on another meaning or it resonated even more strongly with you? I'm not gonna say I had this kind of like spiritual awakening or something like that. That's not quite the case. I don't think it happens to people like that. But the more I practiced yoga, the more I, I learned about yoga and the more I learned about the psychology of yoga and the philosophy of yoga and the fact that this was something that wasn't just on the mat but could come into your whole life. It was a practice that you can practice all the time. And that brought me to the world of veganism as well. So I started to um, stop eating animal products because one of the foundations of yoga is ahimsa, so doing no harm to other people. And I was more involved in the philosophy. And then I got very interested in teaching because somebody once said to me at a class, why don't you become a yoga teacher? You know, you've got the, you have the philosophy, you have the practicality of it. Why don't you become a yoga teacher? And I thought, 
why don't I become a yoga teacher? So I, <laughs> so I looked into it and I did three different trainings in three different countries um, to become a yoga teacher and to l really learn more about the benefits of it. And one of the things that I was very keen on is um, learning about how to take yoga off the mat and to help other people with it, um, especially those people who have addictions or have problems um, that they're looking for a way out of. And I think yoga can be really helpful in that. A little side question. Mm -hmm. Where did yoga take you? Because you mentioned three countries. Yeah, yoga, it took me, um, well, first of all, I studied with Tara Stiles in New York. Um, she's an ex-model who was a dancer as well. And then she had yoga as part of her dance course and got really into it. And she started teaching yoga in the park just for fun. Um, and then suddenly people got interested and then she started her own yoga studio and her way of yoga, it's called Strala Yoga, is very much about the way of being, the way of feeling. It's not about how the pose looks so much as how you feel in the pose, about how your body feels. So I started with her and then I went and took more, um, I would say, philosophical, that's the word I want to use, <laughs> courses. Um, I took one in Belgium, which was basically on Hatha yoga. And then I did my vinyasa and Hatha course in Croatia. And so I knew a little bit more and then I had a little bit more foundation about the whole practices of yoga, where yoga came from, and a lot more idea of what yoga meant to me off the mat as well as on the mat. So I got involved with a group called Off the Mat Into the World, which is founded by Sean Korn, who's a very famous American yogi, and uh, Susan Sterling and Hallie Curry. And they basically um, found this way of bringing yoga to other people by making it a social justice thing. There are loads of, lots of social justice in, in yoga. So involving it in areas like alcoholism, like drug addiction, like, for instance, people who maybe have had eating disorders in the past, people who've had psychological problems, whatever it might be, taking it to prisons, different things, and then seeing how yoga benefited people from that. And not just yoga, but meditation as well. So the two, and then obviously, that was something that really inspired me and I was wanting to do that a lot more in Luxembourg. But it's quite a different, difficult place to spread that mm -hmm. um, knowledge, if I'm honest. Not to fall into cliches, but mm -hmm. the image that one can have of yoga, of mainstream yoga, is that it's something that is reserved to the more privileged people who have more time. And, and I mean, it's not obviously the truth, But my question is, when you're uh, teaching here in Luxembourg, what are the things that you often see in your students or what kind of students do you attract? Yeah, my first experience was more like mo mostly in Belgium than in Luxembourg. I did retreats um, in Belgium and I had lots of people who actually came from Luxembourg and to these retreats. And during retreats, you're kind of in your ensconced in this world of yoga and you're also with all these people and you tend to open up and these people who have come to the retreats usually there's something else in their mind that made them come that there was a reason that they needed to relax or they decided that their body was out of sync or they were working too hard 
or we ha- I had a situation with a lady who had marital problems. Um, and these things come out during these longer yoga sessions when you're actually with each other for a week or a few days or whatever it might be. Maybe you don't see it necessarily in one yoga class, but I think the more that you get to know people, the more that they trust in you as a teacher. And if they know that you're fallible, in fact, that you've had problems yourself, then they're very likely to come to you and say, okay, how did you get out of it? How can I, how can you help me? Um, Because as you said, in, in Luxembourg, yoga has this kind of cliche of being a very niche thing, something that's quite expensive to do, especially now. I think the prices have gone up quite horrendously in terms of how much it costs to do one yoga class. And that's not um, able, the ability or the affordability isn't there for everyone else. So that's something I'm really wanting to try and find a way around in Luxembourg. I don't know how I will do that, but try and make yoga accessible to more people who can't necessarily afford it. Where do you teach at the moment? At the moment, I teach at a community um, center. Well, it's a community yoga studio called Urban Leaf. And the idea of it was to set up a community studio in Limpetsburg, which would attract all kinds of different people. And we would all do different types of yoga and breathwork and Pilates and that kind of thing as well. So I teach there for the time being. But I'm also, um, because of the weather is so lovely and during the summer in Luxembourg and people like to be outside, I also teach at Park Tony Newman, which is in Olympusburg as well. And then people get the feeling of being outside in nature. And it's a totally different feeling than being in a room on a yoga mat. You get the whole feeling of being surrounded by nature, of being one with nature, which is very much the whole purpose of yoga as well. So that's a really great experience for people. To come back to your own transition in mm. life in Luxembourg before and after you decided to ditch alcohol and, mm-hmm. and you know you implemented a, a, a stronger yoga philosophy in your life. How did it go with your social circles? Uh, yeah, that was really hard because your social circles, you have to accept the fact that it's going to change because there are going to be a lot of people who you're friends with who are friends with you because of the fact that you go out and have a drink all the time. I mean, that's just a fact in Luxembourg. So I found that my circle of friends narrowed down a lot. And I met new people who were more interested in what I was interested in. It wasn't about, what are you doing this weekend? Let's meet at the pub. It was more like, let's go to a yoga session or let's go to a yoga retreat or let's go for a walk in the woods or let's meditate or let's do something else creative. So I think anyone who is thinking about changing their lifestyle has to bear that in mind that you have to kind of say goodbye in a whole way to your whole lifestyle. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to do yoga, but I'm going to keep going to the pub every Saturday night. That's not going to work in the long term. So you have to make a decision to give up. Were you able to convince some of your friends to also go a bit down on the alcohol consumption and and join you in your your new direction or not really? 
Um, I think to a certain extent you lead by example. So if people think, okay, her life looks a lot better now and she seems a lot happier and healthier, then people will kind of follow or they'll be intrigued and they'll say to themselves, okay, maybe I'll give it a try and see what happens. That was my case mostly, I think. And also those close to me, for instance, my family never did yoga ever. They were never interested in yoga. And then when I started to teach and I started to practice more, they, they all became involved in yoga. They all became like practicing at home and then they were like, saw the benefits of it and said, I don't know why I've never done this before and it's made me more mindful. So that was really nice to have family support as well. Is it still hard sometimes? Do you still sometimes want to have a drink despite your practices and your I don't know how long it's been since you've stopped drinking. but 12 years, 12 years since I stopped drinking. And I think that everybody has moments where you think, oh, it would be nice to have a drink. But then you have to think about the longer terms of what that means. Especially during the summer when everyone's out on the terrace, you can't really help but not think, oh, it would be nice to have a glass of wine occasionally. But you know you can't. And you know the kind of road it's going to lead you down. And you have to, have to keep thinking about that. And so I don't think about it as much as I used to. It might come into my head or pop in my head for about five minutes or so, but it's not something I ever act on. I think I've got to the point where I'm, I'm happy enough without alcohol in my life and I don't want to go back to it. So I'm, I'm quite happy to stick on the mat. In this experience that you've lived, mm -hmm. are there any lessons that you've learned that you would like to share with anyone listening out there who might be struggling with this? Yeah, there, there are a lot of lessons that I think that you, the first one is that you have to realize yourself that you have a problem. And that's one of the most difficult things to come through because people will tell you, like my niece did, and you will know it, but it's up to you to want to do something about it. And um, I think that once that changes in your life, then immediately you need to move in a certain direction or take up something new. So I'm not suggesting that everybody takes up yoga, for instance. It would be nice if everyone did. But maybe find a new hobby or a new outlet to interest yourself. I know people find music very helpful or art or something creative that they can do with their time. So I think one of the lessons that you learn is that you need to find another outlet. I remember cleaning my house kind of consistently for the first few weeks when I gave up drinking just to keep doing something, to keep busy. So you have to find an outlet for your energies and talking to people really helps. So if there is a group like AA where you can talk to people and you can listen as well, which is just as important as talking. You can listen to other people's experiences and learn a lot from them. And also just be aware of the fact that some of your friends might not be your friends anymore. And you just have to take that on the chin and think, well, then they weren't really my friends anyway. And I've learned something from it. Um, and you'll have new friends that will come in your direction and your life will change kind of beyond what you believed, you know, you were in a really downward spiral and suddenly everything is looking up again. So I think that once you realize that, it becomes a lot easier. So there's going to be some downsides, there's going to be some hard times, definitely for anyone who is really wanting to give up and, and start anew. 
but the benefits of it is just they outweigh the whole thing okay well alex thank you so much for you sharing you're more than welcome <laughs> and i hope it helps somebody out there yes i'm sure it will uh thank you so much for coming on this show and thank you for having me yes maybe we'll hear from you soon okay thank you take care bye bye that was voices matter at ara city radio we are convinced that every voice matters yours as well if you want to share your story contact us at listeners at era.lu or via ara city radio social media channels